Hey everybody, this is Michael Willis once again coming to you from the Greater Things Podcast. This is episode four. I do want to say once again, thank you to everybody that has listened, took the time out to text, uh, call, give words of encouragement about the podcast. Really enjoyed it, really enjoyed what's going on in this time and season and just thankful for God and his blessings and just pray that it would continue to bless people in a way and that it will ignite a fire in your heart which is the ultimate goal in this podcast. It's, it's not to, it's not to just sit here and just, you know, just get you to listen to this podcast to become popular. That's not our goal. It's not my goal. My goal is that something that is said here will ignite a fire. will bring a desire to want to know more about the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that will want to make you dive in deeper with God than you ever have before. And that's my hope for this, this time and this period. So uh, once again, I, I know we're four episodes deep, but thank thank you all for listening. Uh, I'm here by myself this episode, so it's just going to be me talking to you, and and we'll try to get through it. How's that sound? Uh, diving in right in, and this episode's going to be also a little different because I'm gonna I'm gonna try to honor my father throughout this episode. Um, I believe he was instrumental instrumental, excuse me, in, in the revivals from 2008 to 2012 in that time frame. Just the things that we've seen, the things that we've done, um, the outpouring, uh, the things that he he laid the groundwork with, uh, and God using him and and my pastor brother Robert as well, and then and then those things that came to pass that allowed camp to come to pass as well, and uh, I, I'm just gonna talk about that and the and the things that he done, the the walks he did, and, and the things that he went through to to see those things. Uh, but at first, if I would be, I would be crazy not to acknowledge what has happened in the last week here at, at Wilmore, Kentucky, which is Asbury Theological Seminary, where revival has poured out and revival has taken over. Uh, and at the chapel there, they started at Wednesday at 10 o'clock in the morning, and they've been there since then and, and going on now five days. will be six tomorrow. So, man, that's, that's awesome to see t- teenagers, to see old people, young people, elders alike, diving in there there's been hundreds of people there's been thousands of people there and it's just amazing to see god's outpouring and his blessing on that on that outpouring and on on the faithfulness of those young people and those people that were there at that chapel service that started it all so uh miracles are being brought forth there uh miracles are happening salvation's happening things are happening god is on the move and it's it's not just there in wilmore kentucky it's also in in florida it's also in texas it's also in California. There's revival outpourings springing up everywhere. And, and I, I tie it to a lot of this. 
past revivals have come through these areas. And we look at the scripture in the Bible where, you know, Abraham was digging up the wells that the Philistines had filled up and the spring of living water busted back forth. I believe this is a time, you know, where the enemy has told us that, you know, those wells of revival have been covered up. But God is saying to us that we can uncover these wells and there's going to be life springing from them. There's going to be a life of living water springing from those wells and revival will continue to flow if we will allow it and if we want to pursue it. Uh, God's going to pour that out. God said he would do it. He said out of our bellies would flow rivers of living water. And just thinking about the awesomeness and the goodness of God and the things that he's doing, I'm excited. I'm excited for what's going on. I'm excited for the things that are happening. Also, you know, revival's happening here right now. Uh, I've talked to my, my brother and I know I know that a lot of things were happening, but yesterday at their uh, their Super super Sunday service, they had they had their church service during the halftime of the Super Bowl, and 27 people gave their heart to Jesus. That's worth it all. That That is worth it all right there is to see salvation. And for the whole day, they had three at their, their morning service, 30 people saved in one day. Man, that is amazing what the outpouring of God is doing. And, and I believe that God is going to do it all over this all over this world if we will just awaken in ourselves and a fire will rise up within us to see that, to pursue that, to pursue the hunger, to never thirst again. He said he would give us water that we would never thirst again. In, in Revelations 22, he says he would give it to us freely that we will never thirst again. Amen. And so in seeking those things, I, I pray God... I, we said it last night at church. We prayed or I preached at church last night. Jesus, come. Jesus, come and let revival reign in our lives. Let revival come down and pour out upon us. And Jesus, let the rivers of living water flow from the throne that is from the Lamb of God and, and flow into our hearts and our lives and our church services. Let religion get out of the way. Let the spirit of division get out of the way. The division of denomination get out of the way because God is moving among his people who are united for the one cause and that is the cause of Jesus Christ. There is nothing like him and there will be nothing like him and he's worth celebrating it all. So we should have a joyous, joyous day. It's been a joyous Monday because the things of God, they're being poured out and God's wanting to do it in his people. And I truly believe it's because there was a seed that was somebody sowed somewhere, some one day they sowed a seed and said, God, let it start here. And it might not have happened in their time, but at the time being, it was coming now for there's fruit coming and people are getting to reap the reward of that seed sown by being able to pick the fruit that God is pouring out. So the, I, I believe the harvest is ready. I believe the harvest of souls is ready. And, and I believe things are going to happen. It's going to happen fast. And, and we've got to be prepared as the church body of Christ. We've got to be united with one another and be prepared for what God is doing. And I'm thankful for God. And I'm thankful for his many blessings. Thankful for what he's going to do here in our in our lives and in, in your lives as well those of you that are listening and those of you that will listen later on and those of you know all over the world thankful for what god is doing and I, i'm so excited to see his many blessings so so there's that and i pray revival just hit your church wherever you may be whatever you may be doing that <laughs> you just lay on your face that you would worship the father in spirit and in truth and you would just Pour out your heart unto him and let Jesus intercede on our behalf and let the Holy Spirit pray through you through uttering, utterings and groanings. As he says in, in Romans chapter eight, let the spirit pray through us, even though we don't understand. He knows what he's praying and let God's glory be poured out. Amen. 
So I pray that everybody, everybody listening receives that. And I pray that the word of God would flow. And I, I pray that it would flow in our lives, that we would dive into the word, that we would dive into prayer, that we would fast and pray and believe for those things to come. And we would become united as the church body of Christ. Amen. There's that. <laughs> uh, as I heard, I was listening to uh, the E5 podcast, which is, you know, Brother Robbie and Brother Rob LaRue and uh, my brother David, you know, <laughs> I'm going to have to pause for a praise break because, man, God is so good. God is so wonderful. And I'm loving hearing the miracles and, and the things going on in revival. I'm ready to see it here, though. Ready to see it here. And, and very excited. So here I am. Oh, I told you once again, this is going to be just me today. But that's all right. Uh, if you can get through it, I think I can, too. I'm uh, going to be talking about my dad a little bit. Just just a short bragging time. Uh, I won't take long. But uh, uh, I w- I'm very thankful that the heritage that I have come through Larry Willis also as uh, Levi Willis as well as my as my my dad's dad uh, I'm very thankful for the heritage that I was brought forth from raised in that the the men of God that God put in my life was those two men I'm thankful for that I, I'm thankful for the blessings that he gives me I'm thankful that you know I could receive of the fruit that the seed that they planted I could receive of that so uh, in talking about my father words don't describe the man that he was words will never begin to describe who he was how he was we call him the man myth and the legend around the farm and around others but he was he was the very best friend that i had the secret keeper was as everybody calls him everybody that knew him he kept he kept secrets for you he was there for you he was the very best friend that anybody could have but he was also a good father he was also a spiritual mentor a leader to me as well as many others but also a prophet a man of god who 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 when the spirit would hit he he would the lord would hit him and he would give a word from heaven and from from the throne room and i i believe that any time those words were spoken great things would happen because of what god wanted to do uh and, and i know it's going to sound a lot like i'm bragging on him but getting to experience those things firsthand you've seen how he operated you've seen how god used him you've seen how god blessed him many many people could agree with me that you know when a message come forth in tongues and there would be a silence for a minute waiting for the interpretation and you could hear Larry Willis go, hmm, hmm. <laughs> you knew that the interpretation was fixing to come through him and you knew that God had placed it on it on his heart and on, in his belly that the rivers of living water of that interpretation was going to flow through him. It would be like a fire shut up in his bones. And he always told me that it would that it was like a fire, that it was just something that was just boiling over and, and truth word to scripture there. But you knew that the time was coming and you knew that it was coming and it was just it was just cool to hear it was just cool to see but man just to know that it was coming from him uh you know revival started brother robert said it last week revival started with you know somebody asking my dad to come and my dad not coming unless his pastor could come and that's what started that's what started it that's what started the outpouring that's what started when we was going to these churches very many churches that i could recognize a bunch of them but i would forget so many of them as well but the few that was around here which was lee's chapel and and Westside church and subiaco church and cornerstone and other places like that that we went and and all those places that we were there we we went to northwest arkansas at some points and, and had revival there we we would join in with uh, others that was having revival and the outpouring was there and the fellowship was there and we've seen those things come to pass uh, because we believed and we trusted it and also because they sowed that seed once again we talked about it before they sowed that seed of fasting after that after that time that we went and visited david hogan 
they sowed the seed and said, hey, I'm going to fast. We, you know, and Brother Robert said it, I believe, you know, he said he would, he was going to fast two days, but then my dad went and prayed. And here's the thing. He trusted his leader. He he went and prayed about it. He trusted the, the man that he was sitting beside, that he his pastor. He trusted that Brother Robert had heard from God, but he went and prayed about the situation and God laid it on his heart to add another day. So three days out of the week for 10 years, which we've tallied up and we, we've said this before, but that's four years out of 10 years that he did not eat anything on those days that he did. He would just drink water or Diet Coke or Diet Dr. Pepper, which was his favorites and, and read the word of God. He read the word of God every day. Every morning that I would wake up, I, when I lived at home, he was there reading the word of God. He was reading every morning before we would go do turkeys and then in the evenings and the noontime when he would come in, when we would come in for lunch or I would come in for lunch, he would read his Bible. And then the evening times, he would also read his Bible for two to three hours at a time. Uh, he invested in, in God. He invested in what he believed in. He trusted that if God told him to do this, that we would see great things and he invested in it, those things would happen. So that, that was why he invested in that because he knew that the greater things would come. He knew that the outpouring would come because God said so. God had promised them that and, and, it, and it would come. So, you know, we go back and forth to the revivals and, and we look at these things and we wonder why, why did it disperse or why did it happen? And, and I believe David has talked about it before, but simply because we got tired in, in Robbie's book, we got tired. We, we got we got worn out and, and for, you know, for 10 years, that's hard to go and hard to do. But the time had come where we got worn out and, and it was basically, uh, it was, it was just hard to do. But in those times, I, and I can recall some, several of the miracles that happened, but, uh, in those times we seen blinded eyes open. We, we seen the lady with the cataract at Subiaco church who was healed and made every with whole for have a blinded eye. She come up for prayer for a cataract in her eye and, Ended up that the other eye that she had had been blinded because she got hit by a softball or a baseball bat when she was young. It had blinded her eye and she had never had vision in that eye. Uh, so when she come up for prayer for the cataract, to her dismay, to her shock, her blind eye opened up and she began to see. <laughs> and, and she ran to the back and, and was just was just in awe. And she come forward and she said, I come forward to pray for this cataract eye. But when, when y'all begin to pray for it, my blinded eye that I hadn't seen out of in so long opened up and I could see again. And that was the goodness of God. That, that was one of the many, I remember there was a, a man in our church who, who had cancer and was dealing with cancer, dealing with, with bone cancer. And also at that Subiaco revival, we prayed for him and believed. And, and in a moment's, in a moment's notice, I mean, you felt the shift happen. And later on down the road, that cancer had disappeared and it was gone just like that. And not a credit to, not a credit to my dad because God is the one that was doing all these things, but a credit to the faithfulness that these men had, that they could have revival. They could trust in God that he was going to do what he said he was going to do. They trusted one another because on the nights that dad preached, Brother Robert would work the altars and help in the altars and pray in the altars and seek in the altars. And on the dad, on the days that Brother Robert preached, dad would do the same thing, vice versa. He would get in the altars and he would work the altars and pray in the altars and see those things happen. Uh, many times, and, and a lot of people, you know, don't want to hear this, but a lot of the things that we've seen during those revival periods was, was a big, big amount of deliverance uh, of demons being casted out in people. Uh, and, you know, we want to see the miracles. We want to see those things, but sometimes we don't want to deal with that. Uh, but that was a lot of that ministry was dealing with those demonic, demonic, 
oppressed and demon-possessed people that, that had been bound by the enemy and was looking to be set free. And in the moment's notice when the authority, which was Jesus Christ, not Larry Willis, not Robert Bowen, not anybody that was on stage, not anybody that was in that building, but the authority, which is the name of Jesus Christ, said for that demon to go to set them free, they had to be free in the moment's notice in the name of Jesus all about him but that was a lot of that ministry was all about deliverance and, and being ready to deal with that is a big deal because we've got to know that the enemy is still going to fight every 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 claw every tooth he has he's going to try to fight and try to come against us and try to devour us as a, as a roaring lion seeking who he may devour uh he's going to try to come against us he's going to try to distract us he's going to try to destroy us he's going to try to bring division but when we raise up a standard, as the word says, as the Holy Spirit raises up a standard, we are more than overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. The blood of the Lamb, which is Jesus Christ, we have overcome the enemy. And our testimony is that salvation came through Jesus Christ. We're a blood-bought child of God. Amen. And we are the redeemed of God. And we can stand up against the wiles of the enemy. We don't have to be caught in the snare of the fowler. We can raise up and soar with the wings of eagles, eagles and rise up and be who God called us to be. So a lot of those, a lot of those times came through that, that we had to deal with that. Uh, on a personal aspect, my, my dad was somebody that I could go to. Uh, there was there was a big deal that happened in our church, and I was really hurt by this situation and what was going on and was telling dad, you know, this is what's going on. This is what's been said. This is what's happening. And he said, are you going to let you going to let people determine your walk with God? Or are you going to keep fighting the fight? And are you going to keep living the life that you want to live? Because you know that Jesus has set you free and you know that Jesus has given you life and given it more abundantly. Are you going to let people determine your walk with Christ? Or are you going to follow the same path that you've, you've been following this whole time where you've been growing in God? And it made me think, you know, People are people, and there may be a hindrance. There may be people that try to distract you. But if you know that Jesus set you free, and, and, and I could be a testament to these things and, and, and testimony to what God has done in my life, but if you know that Jesus has set you free, who the Son has set free is free indeed. So I stood on that, and, and, and I realized my dad was completely right. I wasn't going to let people determine my walk with Christ. I was going to do the things that I felt like God wanted me to do, be the person who God wanted me to be, and I was going to walk down the path that God had called me to walk down. That that was who he created me to be. That was who Jesus created me to be. And all these revivals are, are bringing up, you know, it's cool to see revival happening right now because all, all these revivals bring up the memories of what it used to be. And I think it was Brother Robbie said we can honor the past, but we need to start preparing for the future. Uh, we need to start preparing for what is going to come. We honor the past. I honor my father. I honor Brother Robert because of the things that happened in the past. And those revivals, uh, many men of God came that we encountered, J.W. McIntyre being one of them at Westside Church, Oh man, just such a blessing to be in church with that man. And, and what an honor it was. Those people that laid the foundation and, and made way and allowed, you know, my father and brother Robert to come to the church. What a blessing that was. And I honor those and I honor those, the past, but man, I'm excited for the future. I'm excited for what God's going to do because I believe that the, the mantle and the glory that was in the former it, it is still there, it is still going to come. The latter day reign is going to be greater than the first, the word of God says. So those things that they got to experience, I only believe that God is going to allow us to experience them in a far greater manner than we could ever imagine. And God will do it if we'll allow him to do it. Um, 
I just think of all the times, you know, at Salus that my dad would, we, we call it shouting like a Maytag washer or, or, you know, dancing in the spirit, but shouting like a Maytag washer. Ain't nobody else could do it like him except him. Or uh, some my favorite services with him was because his, his favorite services was foot washing service on a Good Friday service and then Easter sunrise service. And he would awake, and that's where the first clip from that I played for you on, on the intro, that's the first clip was from Easter Sunrise in 2017. Uh, man, he, he loved Easter, and he, and he loved Good Friday service. He loved, you know, foot washing service. And, uh, and it's not a bit, very big deal nowadays. It's not very it's not very popular, I guess you would say. But he loved what he was doing, and he loved that. And Easter, he would just get get down with the get down sunset sunrise service would come and he would he would in the old sanctuary he'd shake that door as he would say Jesus Jesus went down to 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 hell that day and would get in the keys from death hell and the grave and and he put his own he put he would call it uh, LJ LJV which was the Larry Joe version he put his own twist on it but he said that door would begin to sh you know he'd knock got, Jesus came down to hell and knocked on the door and the door opened up and one of the imps seen that it was Jesus Christ and he said oh no it's him <laughs> and that door began to shake as Jesus was coming on that day to gather the keys from death hell and the grave and coming for those that it went and, and <laughs> coming for the keys of death hell and the grave pardon me and he was coming to reign in power and truth because he had arose from the grave. It was one of his most favorite services. It was, his, it was, I felt like it was his best preaching he ever done was on a sunrise service was anytime he, he was just proclaiming Jesus Christ that he rose from the dead <laughs> and he rose and conquered death, hell and the grave. Those were some of the best ones. Uh, and you know, my dad got sick a little bit with, with, with the tumor and, and, and dealt with that. Well, one memory I have out of that, and this this is a testimony to to the goodness of God and the closeness and the relationship that they had. Uh, after his first surgery, he wasn't doing too well, and he's laying in the hospital bed, and he's not very he's not very apt to talking. He's he can't he's not very mobile. He can't walk, and he can't do any of that stuff. It's right after surgery, and kind of feel like he's trying to give up in a sense, and and it. And for those that wonder, it's, it's okay to doubt. It's okay to worry. It's okay to be afraid. Even John the Baptist in, in Matthew doubted. He, he worried because he's in the prison cell and he sends two of his disciples to Jesus to ask him, you know, are you the one that, that I'm giving my life for? Are you the one that I, I've been preaching about, teaching about? You know, are you the one that I've been crying out in the wilderness about? The, are you the one? And Jesus sends him assurance and tells him, you know, the blinded eyes are being opened, the lame are being made to walk, the lepers are being cleansed. You know, things are happening. I'm the one. Rest assured that it's okay. So if this could be a message to anybody, but if you struggle with that, if you struggle with that mentality, it's okay. It's okay to worry. It's okay to fret. But know that Jesus Christ who is the one true risen savior who is the king if he is the he is the king and he is your savior over your life and over your heart you have you have nothing to fear you have nothing to worry about even though the enemy may tell you that you you need to worry and you need to be afraid you have nothing because you've already conquered the enemy and Jesus took care of that fight for you so back back to the hospital bed me and my wife are in there. We're talk, trying to talk to him. You know, he's not answering much. He's not very verbal at the time. My brother walks in with his wife, Brittany, and he tells him, he said, Dad, we're not going to accept this outcome. We're not going to accept this. We're not going to accept what the enemy is trying to say and accept what man is trying to say. 
You, you are more than an overcomer. You are, you are Larry Willis and God did not make this for you. God did not create this for you. And he said, I'm going to read Psalms 103, which is, which is one of my dad's favorite scriptures and, and take it the time. Once again, you know, dad's not very mobile. Dad's not very, very apt to doing anything. David begins to read. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And all of a sudden, as he starts verse number two, you hear my dad join in with him. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. And from that moment on, my dad would, would quote that scripture and was quoting that scripture with my brother through that whole time. And it was a testament to the, the things that he had done for God, the outpouring, the, the diving in, the loving nature of the Father. Because my dad had done all those things. I felt like it was an outpouring of God saying, I have got him. I'm going to take care of him no matter what. And it was the love of God that allowed him and brought remembrance of that scripture to his heart in that time. God was so cool in that, so instrumental in that. And I'm thankful for that moment. I'm thankful for the for the testimonies that he gave us during that time for the you know for the good things that he done. I could go on and on and it was a hard time picking stories and picking things to talk about for this. But my dad would want unity. My dad would want unity of the body of Christ. And I remember I want to tell this one, the church service, and I'm so thankful for Sister Yuba catching this on video. Yuba Wooten, who who's also gone on to be with the Lord, uh loved her dearly. She caught this on video. She was she was a sneaky, sneaky video catcher. She could do it no the the best. She could do it the best, I'd say. But one day we're we're singing it, Silas there, we're singing it, you know, when the walls came tumbling down, Joshua marched around. Uh so we sing that song and we're apt to walk around the church when when we start singing that song. So we're singing that song and you know, we get a couple verses in and all of a sudden Larry Willis takes his guitar off and this is after this is after the first surgery and he's he's doing better he's able to walk a little better but he hadn't been able to run or anything like that and uh he he wanted to get back into better shape so he, he he takes his guitar off and all of a sudden he takes off in a lap i see him and i and the spirit of the lord hits the building just like stronger than i've ever felt him in a long time Spirit of the Lord hits and the Holy Spirit's pouring out. I see him and I take off. And Josh seen him and takes off. Several people take off after him on that first lap. And we, we take a couple laps with him. Well, some of us stop. It's just so much to contain. He keeps going and he keeps going. And he gets to the fifth lap and we had a chair there in the front there. He stood in the chair and he did he did his Maytag washer dance around there, pranced around and, and threw up his hand for lap number five and kept going. And went on and he stopped and he stopped there lap number seven with us. And he told Josh, he was talking to Josh there. He said, Josh, I feel like the Lord's telling me I need to take one more lap. Just one more lap. And Josh Josh tells him, you know, eight, eight is the number of new beginnings. And in that moment, in that time, my dad felt in his spirit that that eight represented a new beginning. So he takes that eighth lap and something I've never seen before Everyone in our church, not one pew had anybody in it. Everyone in our church follows in behind him. And there's seven, 60, 70 people that follow in behind him. And we all take a lap around the church for that new beginning in that time. We get back around to the front and, and just there's all 40, 50 people dancing in the spirit. Pouring, God is pouring out there, dancing in the spirit and just praising God. And, and God is just pouring out and his spirit is moving all over the place. 
I'll never forget that moment. That was one of the best services I've ever been able to be a part of. That was one of the coolest moments I've got to experience and see for my dad. At a moment that my, that he needed God, God was there and he showed him how he could how he could help him, how he could heal him, and how he could bless him. Now my dad went on to be with the Lord, and we all say it we all say it all the time. It's because he wanted to be in heaven more than we prayed to God for him to be here. And that's, that's how it was. He, he was, I say it and I tell David this all the time. He was just closer to God than we was, I guess you'd say. So, but God's no respecter of a person. And what he'll do for one, he'll do for all. We believe that he would, he would be healed. But when that's not the answer, even though it hurts, it's still okay to trust in God and still okay to believe that God will do it for somebody else. And from that moment on, it instilled a, a, a desire in me and because our good friend Dale Wood had lost his brother Kevin at that time also to cancer a, a little bit before that. We made an agreement together that anybody that we come in contact with that had cancer, we would pray that they would be healed and made everyone whole. We also made an agreement that we hated cancer so much that we would pray that it would be dried up from this world and cancer would not be used as a tool for the enemy to try to, heal, to, try to take away the sick that God would heal in a moment's notice. Now there's some defeats, or we feel like they're defeats, because when cancer does something like that, it's hard to not feel hurt. But when somebody knows Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, it's okay, because they're going home to heaven. They're in glory. But there's also been some battles that we've won where cancer has disappeared, or somebody has come through their fight with cancer, and we've believed, and because of the, the seed that was planted, we're seeing the fruit and we're picking up the fruit of the reward. God is cool like that. He's awesome like that. Uh, we talked about our mission statement and we'll dive into the mission statement a little deeper. And, and, but I want to read it because it was something that my dad just was walking the turkey houses one day and the Lord blessed him in the morning. Uh, I could take you to the spot that we were driving to feed our cows when he told me the mission statement. When he said, I've got it. Uh, and I, <laughs> And I said, well, give it to me. I can take you to the very spot that we was when I sent, when I wrote it down in my phone or I put it down in my phone and I said, all right, I've got it. That's it. I just want to read that to you in, in, in closing, in, in, I guess not in closing, but in, in ending this time. Uh, I want to read that to you. I want to read the mission statement once again so that we don't forget who we are. Silas, we don't forget who we are, but also as the body of Christ, as the united body of Christ to everyone that listens to everyone that's a part my dad would want unity. My dad would want unity in the body of Christ. That's what he wanted more than ever. God told him things that if it would come to pass and there was unity, things would happen. He, he, he knew that if we would come together and we would unite as the body of Christ, that greater things, as the scripture says, greater things would happen. So I want to read this to you, and, and I'm going to read this, and this will this will be it for this episode uh, but I want to read this. Mission statement says, We are a church that is privileged to worship. If you knew who, who my dad was, he loved worshiping the Father. <laughs> he'd get up on that stage and he'd play that guitar and, and the spirit would hit. <laughs> and he would begin to pray. And he would begin to worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And he would pour out his heart into him. And he would say, You are El Shaddai. <laughs> You are Jehovah. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he would pray such a powerful prayer that would bring heaven down. But once again, it wasn't because of 
the man. It was because of the relationship that he had with the Father. So we are committed to evangelism, dedicated to discipling, and we are blessed to see signs and wonders. Scripture says, signs and wonders will follow those that believe. We believe and we trust and we know that God is able and God is faithful and that he will do those things which he said he would do. So I want to leave you with this once again. The revival outpourings of that time frame from 08 to 012 was not because of a man named Larry Willis and because of a man named Robert Bowen and, and David Willis and all those Robbie Willis and all those people that came together for those unit, for those times. It was because of Jesus Christ and it was because of the Father, but it was because of those people who were willing vessels, willing to lay down everything that they needed to lay down to see those things happen. It was because those people planted a seed and they put that seed in the ground and they, they poured out and they asked God to bless that seed. And here comes, here comes their, their children and their grandchildren. They're coming along and they're getting to reap the reward of the harvest of the fruit of the seed that was planted. We're picking the fruit, we're getting the reward, and we're getting ready to take part in the, the greatest awakening that God has ever poured out upon this place. I, I, this this didn't have anything to do with it. I feel led to share this dream that I had a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I was standing at our pulpit at our church there, and, and the building was completely full. And in a moment's notice, everybody began to cry out. Everybody began to pour their heart out, and, and they were at the altars. The altars were being filled, and, and people were crying. People were being just pouring their heart out asking God for forgiveness, asking God for him to, to rain down in their lives. And in the moment's notice, he said, he said in this dream to me, he said, judgment is coming. But after the judgment, the greatest awakening that you've ever been able to be a part of is coming. Now, people look at judgment and think, oh, no, that's a bad thing. But if judgment begins in the house of the Lord, that judgment requires that judgment upon that sin upon the sin that we have to lay down. So if judgment is just that we need to lay some things down, get it out of the way, whatever is distracting us from God so that we can see the greatest outpouring that we've been able, been, ever been able to be a part of and see those things done, that was because of the seeds that was planted in those time frame. Probably long before that, from generations to come, my grandfather and my great-grandfather and those before them that planted seeds for us, your, your great grandfathers and great grandparents and all those that planted the seed before us and said, I hope that you'll bless my children, my grandchildren and my great grandchildren. May his favor be upon you as the song says for a thousand generations. Let the generations that are in our bloodline and the generations that are in the bloodline of Jesus Christ be awakened to the fact that the seed that was sown is going to raise up a, a raise up a fruit that we're going to reap the reward from one day in our lives. We're going to see the greatest outpouring because there was willing people that were willing vessels willing to lay everything down for us in the past so that we could be blessed in the future. And I, I believe God's going to do it. And I'm thankful for God and his many blessings. And I truly trust that God will do what he said he will do. So I'll leave you. I want to pray. I want to pray with you. I'll pray over you this, this evening before I go. I do thank you once again for listening in. I do honor my, my father. He, he was an awesome man of God. Uh, looked up to him. Wanted to preach like him, wanted to be like him, wish I could play a guitar like him, wish I could sing like him. But there will never be another Larry Willis. 
But I, he, God didn't call us to be like someone else. He called us to be ourselves. So I, I do honor my father, and I'm thankful for the heritage. I'm thankful for my mother and my father. But I'm excited for what's going to happen. So I want to pray. And again, once again, thank you for listening. And I, and I pray that this blesses you. I pray that this time blesses you. We're going to dive in deeper into revival history. We're going to dive in deeper to the Word of God in future time to come. Uh, once again, do want to give just credit and a shout-out to to E5. I hope you've been listening to right now. They're doing their Jerusalem podcast. They're Jerusalem. We have a problem. Jerusalem. We still have a problem. Check that out. That That is a good podcast. They're doing a good teaching there. Uh, those guys will be a blessing to you. I hope you will follow in. So just going to pray and then uh, I love you all. Thank you guys. Gracious heavenly father, Lord, I just thank you for your many blessings, father. I thank you, Lord, that you are God, Lord, and you are able, Lord, and beside you, there is no other. You are Alpha and Omega, Lord, the beginning and the end. You are the first and the last. Lord, and I thank you for everybody that has come forth, Lord, that is able to listen to this podcast. And I pray that a blessing would come all over this earth, Father Lord, for those people that are seeking you and they're laying their lives down before you, Lord, seeking your face, that we would be that generation, Lord. We would be the generation of Jacob, Lord, that seeks your face. that we would be a generation that pours our heart out, that we would be a generation uh, uh, of King Davids that would arise, that would be men after our own hearts, Lord, that we would arise within, that would arise within us, that the gifts, of call, gifts and callings that you have given us would arise within our hearts and that you would begin to bless those. Lord, I pray that you would begin to use us, Lord, as vessels for your glory and for your honor, that you would bless and use and use anybody that is willing and able to be poured out, to be used. Pour out your spirit all over the earth, Lord. Let your glory cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And let your spirit rest upon us, Lord. I pray the anointing of God would flow. I pray that that same revival blessing that is going on in Asbury would just flow all over the earth. Because you're the same God there as you are the same God here. Lord, nothing has changed. Lord, it's all it's all you and nothing else. And it's all about Jesus Christ and nothing else. And let us be ambassadors of the gospel that will carry the word, that will carry the gospel to the four corners of the earth, preaching and telling of the good news of Jesus Christ, that he gave his life for us, but also that you arose and you gave and you gave us life and you gave us life more abundantly. And you went to heaven one day and you didn't go without asking the Father to send the Comforter of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, we thank you for it and we praise you for that. And Father, Lord, I just pray the outpouring would continue to flow, that the awakenings would continue to flow. Lord, and right now in this season of time, Lord, as the harvest is ready, as souls are being saved, I pray, Lord, that disciples would raise up and they would help and they would help nurture those that are coming into this new time, this new new season of life. And as they give their hearts, Lord, that you would raise up those people to be warriors, to be prayer warriors, Lord, to be worship leaders, to be a apostles, to be prophets, teachers, preachers, and evangelists, Lord, that you would bless them and pour out your spirit in their lives, that you would anoint them with the power of the Holy Ghost, and you would fill them, Lord, with your presence, Lord, and your spirit. Lord, I pray that it be done all over this, all over this city, all over this county, all over this state, all over the nation of the U.S., and all over this world, that your spirit would rest upon this earth, Lord. Lord, I pray revival would come and that people would hear the gospel and know and realize and that your spirit would show them the love of God and that you are real and you are able. 
Lord, I thank you for this time once again. I thank you for this time of season. Lord, I thank you for allowing us to do this podcast. Lord, and I just pray your blessing would be upon it, but Lord, it would be upon the listeners. Lord, that the word would get out that you are good and it would ignite a fire within somebody and it would bless someone in this moment in time. Lord, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you once again for listening to the Greater Things Podcast. I hope you enjoy episode four and I look forward to episode number five. God bless. Thank you.